full day of the retreat. And, uh, you know, we like to encourage you now to, to really come to the, all of the sessions which are scheduled, especially the session at 2 o'clock, the walking meditation session. We observe that not too many people are coming. You look out of the window, there's just one or two lonely people walking out there. So maybe, you know, you can arouse a sense of urgency. Uh, you know, it's a very precious opportunity which we have here. And who knows, you know, you might drop dead tomorrow or next hour. And then, you know, you could have learned a lot in this one session. So I think this is a, a really great opportunity not to fritter away. And I think you had some time to, to rest and you know, kind of arrive here and now we could just, you know, usually on, on the fourth day it's, we are ready to shift gear and, and be more fully engaged with the schedule, especially at 2 o'clock and <laughs> at 5.30 or so. And if you really can't do it because you're not well, then that's of course okay. And I wanted today, uh, you know, give um, a guided meditation on Maranasati, mindfulness of death, because that's you know traditionally done to arouse a sense of urgency. If we feel sleepy and drowsy, mindfulness of death can can be really helpful to to bring us back to our intention. And it's also used if we are you know, besieged by restlessness and worry. That can also, like, can snap us out of that. Because we know, you know, there is things much more uh, important than worrying about the future, worrying about the past. And, uh, you know, remembering the Dhamma of death is, is a preparation to, to the vastness from which we emerge, you know. We come out of the vastness, of, out of this mystery, you know, being born through a, our mothers, which is a total miracle. And then, at the end of our life, we, we go back to the elements again. It's a perfect cycle. And we are part of that. And mindfulness of death wants to, you know, connect that, us with this miracle, it's not about you know making us feel kind of scared or or shocked or anything like that because it's it's absolute natural it's a natural cycle and it you know wants to give us this opportunity to to befriend ourselves with that miracle of birth and death and uh, you know in the Thai language the word nature uh, is called dhammachat and it means born from nature. So nature and Dhamma are considered, you know, equivalent to each other. Dhamma chat, born of nature. And also the Latin word natura also means either nature or it can mean birth. So, you know, nature is born out of this mystery, out of Dhamma. And we are part of it. We come out of it and we go back to it. And this reflection, you know, drives that home. So, you know, you just need to 
just sit and breathe and I'm going to brought my notes. I'm going to read out those um, uh, reflections and it's subdivided into three primary themes and each primary theme is subdivided into three um, sub-themes. So on each of those themes we can reflect. So I'm just going to start now. The first uh, primary theme is death is inevitable. So just sitting and, and breathing and reflecting on that sentence, death is inevitable. And then how do we know that this is true? Every other being who has lived before me has died. Powerful kings of the past, presidents, wealthy people, famous people, holy people, all have died. I can't be an exception. And just letting that, you know, sink in, however deep it can sink in right now. And then the next theme is death comes along at the moment of birth. We always think death lies in the future. But actually at the moment I am born, my death has co-arisen. Always lurking in the background. When causes and conditions come together, I have to die. So death is not the opposite of life, but death is the opposite of birth. If you are born, you have to die. But it doesn't mean that life comes to an end. Life is evolving since a very long time. And in that stream, beings are arising and ceasing, and, and we call that in this realm, birth and death. like waves on the ocean or on the river. (coughs) 
So death comes together with birth. It's one package. And just breathing and you know taking it in and breathing into it. Maybe there's some resistance in the body, you know, to those reflections. Just breathing into the resistances and breathing through them slowly, carefully. Like chewing it over. And usually, you know, to really uh, open to these uh, sentences, is there's a relief in that. To really acknowledge that very plainly. Because it's the truth. Then the next reflection. Every moment I am moving ever closer to death. In the morning when the sun rises, it comes ever closer to sunset. So from birth I go to the prime of life, old age, ever closer to death. Every year, every month, every day, every hour, every minute, every second. I draw closer to my end.
So the next, the second primary theme is arrival of death is uncertain. Time of death is unpredictable. Children, adolescents, people in their prime, middle age, old age, die. We don't know when we will die. Some people die already in the womb. Others become like over 100 year old and everything in between. So the time of death is uncertain. Death is certain, but the time is uncertain. The place of my death is unpredictable. It could be in a hospital, could be in my room, could be when I'm driving, could be when I'm walking in the forest, could be when I'm on a plane. So many different possibilities where it could happen. It's unpredictable.
and the cause of my death is also unpredictable. Could be an illness, it could be an accident, could be a stroke. There's many different things which can happen. Could be a famine. Could be very sudden death or could take a long time. Just breathing into the resistance or agitation in which these words might bring up. In a sense, you know, this is a similar principle as the meta meditation, which, you know, the meta meditation shows up like ill will, which is maybe a little bit hidden, a bit deep inside, and then through the meta meditation, it might just kind of rise into awareness. And, you know, the resistance to those sentences, it might also be just like lie deep inside, and then it's triggered by this meditation. So that's really why we are doing it, to just become aware and then breathe into it and slowly, you know, work with it, release it and make more space for it. Like when we need a, a, a dough, when we make bread, we just, you know, kind of soften it by just going over it again and again. It becomes more and more soft and more and more able to move with the truth. And then the third primary theme, when we die, we have to relinquish everything. We can't take anything with us. We can take only our karmic volitions, you know, our habit patterns, which we have been developing. And our character 
disposition that it's what we can take with us. This is, you know, embedded in our stream of consciousness. But anything else, any items, even our own body, we have to leave it all behind. It's made out of the four elements. It just stays here with the elements, goes back. It's going to be recycled into something else, another being, another plant. All material possessions and status and position, name, fame, all external acquisitions have to be left behind. However precious, however tiny, we can't take them. Only our mind will accompany us, the state of our mind. And that's why this practice is so special. It prepares us not only for living now, but also for death. And this is why this contemplation is very important and that's why it's also in the chanting book. It's a, it's a contemplation to do on a daily basis, really. So everything has to be left behind. All who are near and dear, I will be separated from my parents, children, spouse, friends, relatives. So when we die, we have to go alone. We've come alone and we go alone. My body and my personality and my whole identity must be given up.
So this this meditation is to familiarize ourselves with those, you know, three primary themes and altogether nine sub themes. And then we can go, you know, one more time through the primary themes. First one is death. Death is inevitable. Everybody who is born will die at one point. The second one, arrival of death is uncertain. Time of death is uncertain. And when we die, we have to relinquish everything. So those three are like the primary themes to reflect upon. And then those three, they can be merged into one, which is death is inevitable. You know, that's the kind of the essential statement. And then we can use, you know, these uh, reflections at the beginning of of a meditation, for example, and then just go back to whole body awareness. Or we can do the elements and then maybe reflect on this. Maybe even on just on one statement, you know, and then come back to the whole body awareness. Or we can use it as an antidote to restlessness and worry and to uh, sleepiness. So we can just, you know, build it into our daily practice if we like to. You know, use it for a whole session of meditation or just for for the beginning or in between. There's many different ways, you know, how that can be uh, applied. And then, you know, according to those instructions, they say it, it is suggested, you know, after one has been um, reflecting on death in this way, uh, to take, you know, to take the refugees. Just as a reminder, you know, that there is something there to hold us in this exploration. Or also, you know, come, you know, have a a time of whole body awareness and then maybe, you know, go and do a time of metta meditation. There's many different ways, you know, how we can combine the practices to balance the mind and the heart.
And this practice can also help us, you know, to to clarify what really matters to us for the remainder, you know, of our life, however long it's going to be. What we really want to do with this time and with this precious opportunity. You know, the opportunity of the retreat and the opportunity of of your life when you go back afterwards. And also another great privilege that we, you know, can be together in a group like this where we can look at this. It's a very courageous thing to do. Many people don't want to even speak about this. They're constantly running and doing the next thing. Not even knowing, you know, where this sense of unease and restlessness comes from. Because they are not yet ready to acknowledge this very plain truth of death is inevitable and it comes in one package with birth. It's just like a very basic truth of life. And if we can, you know, really look at that very clearly and integrate it, we become more alive. We become more whole. It, it's a healing process, really. It just doesn't have a good PR, you know, because people are so afraid. Because they think there's something wrong with death. It's just a perfect setup. Emerging out of the mystery and going back to the mystery. And we don't have to do anything, it just happens. Just not put up any barriers against it. Just recognizing you know, your good fortune that you are able to look at this. It's a great gift, you know, you can give to yourself. And then you can be there for others also who are still struggling with this truth.
this body is, uh, emerges out of the earth, being put together from the four elements, and when it's time it just goes back and becomes you know, material for other creatures to emerge. It's a constant changing, it's a, it's a process. And then we, you know, our bodies, we are just like waves on the top of the water. We do appear and we do exist, but not in the way we think we do. We are not unchanging, permanent things. We are part of a big process, a huge process, a huge mystery. And it's beautiful. And without death, that whole mystery couldn't really function in the same way. It's, it's just an intricate part of this mystery. And if we see it, you know, if we see it uh, separate from the mystery, it, it becomes like a scary thing. What's going on here? Suddenly this and that happens. But if you see it in context, if you see the bigger picture, and this is what the Buddha's teaching is all about, you know, to provide us with this bigger framework. Suddenly, it is what it is. Death is inevitable. This process could not function without death. It's a perfect part of a perfect whole. But if we, you know, relate it to a to me and mine, it all starts to get a bit personal. So we can use these reflections, you know, as a as a way to balance out our individual emotional reactions, which are also part of nature. But we need to balance them out with the with a bigger context. The conventional context of me in the world and the ultimate context of birth and death as part of the great mystery. They belong together.
the Buddha's teaching is all about the middle way between those two extremes, the conventional, the ultimate. the middle way. Yes, and we are dying, but not in the way we think we do. There's much more to it. And nothing is ever lost. It's a perfect uh, recycling process. Zero waste. So this um, reflection on death belongs also to the first foundation of mindfulness, foundation of body. We already did the elements, belongs also to this foundation. And then a third one is the um, mindfulness of body parts, which I mentioned yesterday, shortly. So those three, you know, they help us to have a different perspective on the body. Shining a light in a different way onto the body. We are going underneath the surface. And it's not, you know, we don't do that in order to deny the surface appearance because it's, it does exist, but just to balance it. Just make it clear that's not all there is. There's more to it, much more to it. It has a tremendous depth. And then, you know, when the waves on the surface become wild, we can remember the depths and that brings some kind of a peace. We 
which helps us to stay centered. So to just make you know make make that clear that those practices are not in order to um, deny beauty of life or you know the loveliness of a baby being born but it's also true that death is always there So then we can end with the with the meta chant which we did yesterday. <coughs> May I be filled with love and kindness. May I be well. May I be peaceful and at ease. May I be happy. May you be filled with love and kindness. May you be well. May you be peaceful and at ease. May you be happy. May we be filled with love and kindness. May we be well. May we be peaceful and at ease. May we be happy. May I be filled with love and kindness. May I be well, may I be peaceful and at ease. 
May I be happy. May we be filled with love and kindness. May you be well. May you be peaceful and at ease. May you be happy. May we be filled with love and kindness. May we be well. May we be peaceful and at ease. May we be happy. May I be filled with love and kindness. May I be well. May I be peaceful and at ease. May I be happy. May you be filled with love and kindness. May you be well. May you be peaceful and at ease. May you be happy. May we be filled with love and kindness. May we be well. May we be peaceful and at ease. May we be happy. So we can sit for a few more minutes, eight minutes.
So now we have interviews again in room 208 and room 200. And then there's going to be a second sitting at 10.15 here. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.